0: You're listening to the Humble Hustlers Podcast. I'm Maria, a girl with a mic on a mission to spread love, positivity, making money, manifesting your dreams, and more. Hey, hustlers, welcome back to our podcast. Today we have Doug. If you can go ahead and introduce yourself, Doug.
1: Of course. Thanks for having me on today. And thanks, everyone, for uh, tuning in here. My name is Doug. I'm uh, the founder of InstaVesting. It's Insta.vesting, it's an online platform that Me and a friend of mine started to uh, educate and inform individuals about investing overall and specifically in the stock market. We started, you know, uh, I've been investing for almost 15 years, primarily in the private equity and lending industry, uh, working with private companies. And over time realized that I love the industry and love working with businesses and evaluating, you know, companies net worth and kind of the future uh, uh, projections of the business and industries overall and realized that I wanted to do that for myself. So I got into stock market investing uh, over a decade ago and have been doing it ever since. In the meantime, I uh, have a lot of friends and family members that had, you know, interested as well, specifically a lot more so since the pandemic started, it's been a hot item. So, you know, figured I'd start a platform online that helps kind of educate and provide tips to individuals that are interested in this topic. So it's been great.
0: That is awesome. So. Can I ask you what made you decide that you wanted to start it's divesting the and then what is your ultimate goal with it.
1: Absolutely. I've always had a passion for teaching individuals and I think one thing that bothers me is that our education system nationwide doesn't cover topics such as you know finance investing savings. Um, you know, the things that we talk about and it's so important for individuals uh, coming in, coming out of college or, you know, in their 20s and 30s when they're trying to raise a family, buy a home and, and save for the future and, you know, eventually we all want to retire. And one of the biggest um, way or the best ways over time to build wealth is through investing um, primarily in the stock market. You kind of see where the savings rates are in banks these days, you know, less than one percent by far and, you You know, if you you could do some simple math, put all your savings in one of those accounts over 20 years, you're not going to be gaining that much, but, you know, saving through 401ks, uh, IRAs, or just general brokerage accounts um, through a variety of different strategies, whether it's, you know, equity investing directly through to companies or Um, you know, exchange traded funds or index funds, whatnot, there's, there's better ways to grow wealth uh, through, you know, appreciation of of the principal value of the investments and then dividends, which is a a big part of of what I like to do as well.
0: Awesome. And I also love that, you know, you're providing so much knowledge and education to so many people. Like I was telling you before we started um, recording, I was someone just a few months ago that I had no idea that this was even a thing, you know, that you could basically make your money work for you and the more that you invest and then the longer that you have that money there, it just continues to build and build um, more and more money, which is just so mind blowing to me because like I said, I was someone that, was completely unaware that everyday people like myself could do this I think there's always that like misconception that you need like thousands and thousands of dollars to start and I think now with so many platforms whether it's for the good or it's for the bad for someone out there that you know is new to investing what are some of the platforms that you like to personally use or that you recommend for people to start with as far as investing goes
1: Yeah as you mentioned there's so many out there and they're they're all very similar A lot, you know most of them are no fee tradings um all of them have Pretty, pretty much all of them have phone apps. I personally use Charles Schwab, but, uh, you know, it's not an advertisement for them. There, there's literally dozens of them, you know, Fidelity, E-Trade, Robinhood, Webull, um, you know, the list goes on. So I think it's less about which app you use. I think it's just about getting started because, you know, as much as you can study in a textbook or talk about what stocks you want, when your own money is put in there, it creates a little bit of a um a mental learning curve uh you know when you kind of go through market corrections and bull markets and you're making money you know things pull back there's nothing um Nothing that can teach you how you feel in those situations, unless your own money is at risk, if you call because obviously there is a certain level of risk and you need to be able to understand the emotions of the ups and downs of putting your money in. And I'd say to new individuals that are getting involved, so there's one thing that's great that the um, brokerage, brokerages are rolling out called fractional shares. So what happens is you know, you don't have to buy a full share if you don't have the money or the wherewithal to do it out of the gate. You could start really small. And, and a perfect example is Amazon. One of the favorite stocks out there—it's over three thousand dollars a share. That's a lot of money to put in, especially for a new investor. Um, if you're younger or whatever, any age, just in general, it's a lot of money. So what you can do is buy a fractional share, where you're buying, you know, one one hundredth of it, and you could literally put in twenty or thirty dollars and get a certain percentage of an one share. And you now are invested in that stock, and the change in value is replicated by what the Amazon stock is doing. So individuals could, you know, build a portfolio of five or ten stocks for as little as you know, fifty, dollars hundred dollars. The minimum usually is five dollars per fractional share, but that's a great way I think people get started and not have a ton of money at risk, but really kind of get a feel for how it works.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like I had no idea that fractional shares was a thing. And when I started, I'm like most newbies, I started on Robinhood. Again, had no idea what I was doing. And just a disclaimer, everything that we're talking about today, it's just for educational purposes, not giving you any financial advice. If you do want financial advice, please be sure to seek a professional with your specific financial needs. But I just want to talk about some of the mistakes that I made, because I think that that's also a really important part because you know talking about stocks and making a bunch of money it all sounds really great but it can also be you know pretty bad if you don't know what you're doing so I am very happy that when I started I at least took the initial jump and did it because if I wouldn't have done it there would be no way for me to correct the mistakes that I had made but I just started going in there and going into penny stocks because it was like oh I could buy a bunch of stuff and then Once, you know, I started to learn a little bit more, I realized that, you know, there's so many more tax benefits, you know, if you go with like job offers, of 401k, or like for me, I'm self-employed. So Roth IRA would have been so much more beneficial than just opening a brokerage with, you know, Robinhood. Regardless, I am still happy that I did it. And I think for a lot of people that might be interested in starting now, there's this crazy thing that's going on with the stocks where it's just, you know, really crazy, like what happened with GameStop uh, AMC. Yes, AMC. And um, do you want to yeah. touch touch a little bit on that? Since you've been in the stock market a lot longer, like is this something normal, or is it you know something that's a little bit more crazy, or is it just because social media is so quick to get out information now?
1: I mean, I think it's a combination. It's normal that in that it's abnormal. You know, for years there's always been stocks or sectors that have run up way beyond their fundamentals only to fall back down, you kind of go back to 2000 2001 with the tech boom, uh, as you mentioned GameStop and AMC. Um, there was a couple other things You know, a few years ago with Tilray was another one that had a large short squeeze that went up really high and came back down. Um, for me individually, as you mentioned, you know, these are my opinions, not financial advice, definitely go seek uh, advice from an advisor. Um, but you know, I'm a long-term investor. I invest in growing companies and growing industries that long term should appreciate and value. So when things like that, you know, the meme stocks or, you know, social media fire, um, you know, increases the value of, of a stock dramatically on no new news. I, I stay away from that stuff because I personally don't think there's long-term fundamental benefits um, or, or staying power in those types of movements. And I think the one thing that people Sometimes forget about is uh, when you hear about a company from whatever source you get your information from, whether it's TV, newspaper, internet, friends. You know, you might like the company, you might like the industry, you might like a few other things about it, but a lot of people forget they don't check the financials. And I think it's really important for people to understand the basic financial analysis. You know, has this company does it do they generate revenue? What are the last three years of revenue, um, you know, growth look like? What about their earnings? Are they going to make are they making money? Are they going to make money? A lot of the, the stocks, um, if you actually go back in history and look at some of the ones that have run up high and fall down low, uh, they don't have great trajectories when it comes to revenue and earnings. And the way I think about it personally is if a company is growing its revenue by 30% a year for the last four years and the same thing with their earnings, And the industry is strong, and I think 10 years from now, the industry has staying power like this company has to increase its equity value and thus its stock value over a 10 year period right. If all those factors are aligned, so I personally stay away from companies that don't have revenue or continue to increase their earnings loss every year if they continue to lose more and more money. Um, I know some companies like Amazon was you know that. The poster child for a company that lost money for years and years, and eventually was able to turn a profit, and now is one of the best-performing uh, stocks in you know the history of the stock market. So a lot of people have that in mind and think, you know, this could be the next Amazon, even though they're losing a ton of money year after year. Um, but I think it's something you have to be careful about because there's so many wannabes and only a few that actually have the ability to execute and and turn to something great. So you know, I focus on the industry, the company, the stock performance and try to stay humble and not try to catch on these social media, or whatever, you know, blazes that, you know, pump stocks up really quick, only for the most part to fall back down at some point in the near term.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think Reddit has definitely been one of those uh, social media platforms that has been, you know, pushing all kinds of meme stocks and or stonks, whatever they call it now. And, you know, I think that that in a way, like I said, it's great that, you know, investing has become more and more readily available to people. I think uh, especially like with so many people pushing Robin Hood and Acorns, but then again, you know, like you said, educating yourself and then checking the financials of these companies that you're investing in is so important because like how I mentioned in my case, like I started losing so much money because I wasn't doing my due diligence in actually researching. I was just going off of, you know, whatever I saw, you know, we're trending on like on Robinhood or, you know, maybe on Instagram. And at the end of the day, you can only go so far with somebody's advice. You definitely always have to do your own due diligence. It is your money. So it is going to you. And I love how you shared some of the things that people should be looking for when they are doing their research on companies that they are potentially interested in investing in. What are some of the websites or platforms that you like to use to do your research?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. So I actually have a separate email account. I have two email accounts, a personal email account. And then what I call an information aggregator email account. Where i probably have 10 different sources that pushes you know information to me on on the stock market on companies and industries um most of them are free uh you know the standards that you probably heard of you know cnbc uh finviz uh finviz website i really like it has really good updated information Um, your online broker schwab has a ton of great resources whatever broker you're a part of You know, search a little bit in there. There There's stock screeners in there where you could go in and search, um, you know, 5,000 stocks and and kind of narrow it down by, you know, industry, index, revenue growth, earnings growth, dividend growth, whatever you want to kind of narrow it down. And then you end up with a list of 40 names you could kind of dig into and decide which ones you like. Um, And then there's some, you know, paid for services out there. I don't want to mention any of them uh, individually, because there's no favorites of mine. Um, but some of them you could kind of, you know, for 15 or 20 bucks a month, you got a subscription, but I don't even think you need those these days. There's so, there's so much open source information out there, but I think the key is to find a reputable source where the information coming in, um, doesn't have a, an opinionated spin on it. You want kind of fact-based information on what's going on in certain companies and certain industries, and you need to create the opinion yourself. I think that's the key here.
0: Yes, definitely. I think that that is the key because, you know, you said social media can be kind of like double-sorted blade. It can hurt you or it can help you, you know, and um, having a reputable source is definitely really important. Also right now with the current situation that we're all, you know, having to go through this pandemic, when it first started, it was only supposed to be a couple of weeks. And then here we are like over a year later. And unfortunately a lot of people, you know, uh, they lost their jobs, they're on unemployment or they're on a really limited budget One comes question that I know a lot of people have had and we actually had a listener that wanted to know if she could invest while she's unemployment um can you touch a little bit on that
1: yeah sure um you know answer your question yes you can you could always invest however my comment to that would be don't invest money that you need over the next two or three years um you know always have enough obviously to cover your general you know lifestyle expenses if you can over the next couple years always have that emergency fund. You never want to put money in the stock market that um, you'll need to pay, you know, expenses for living over the next couple of years. I, I think it's important that the money you invest in uh, you you don't need and that you have the ability to kind of keep in there for several years because you never know. Um, you know, we're fortunate uh, the pandemic's been horrible, obviously, on unemployment, on people's lifestyles for a variety of reasons. Specifically on the stock market itself, the Fed reacted so quickly and with such ferocity that the market bounced back so quick relative to historical uh, recessions. You know, if you look back to the 2000-2001 tech boom, uh, the Dow and S&P bounced back pretty quick after that that downturn, but the Nasdaq took years to to come back to where it was. You know the 1999 levels so i guess the comment is you never know what's in front of you so you don't want to put money at risk that has the opportunity, the, the potential to to decline in value and then you're in a you know a worse position or kind of stuck because you need that money for expenses and it's not at the level you thought it would be so i would say yes technically you could always invest just because you're unemployed or whatnot doesn't impact your ability to invest, but I would just be careful on on making sure you understand the uses of those funds over the next several year period.
0: Uh, definitely, I think um, one thing that you know, if you are on unemployment, you should be considering if you don't already have one is an emergency fund, right? And, you know, depending on what budgeting style that you like to use personally, you know, you might want to consider a sinking fund or creating a savings fund before deciding to invest in the market. Because like you said, you know, right now we're kind of in limbo. We don't know if this is going to continue to go on with, you know, the pandemic or if it's something that hopefully is going to come to an end. Um, Also with the unemployment, You know, it's not something that's going to be going on forever. So having your finances, you know, in order, I think are really important um, now more than ever. And I had read a statistic, um, this was a couple of months ago, but I remember seeing that it said, like, I think it was like 60 something percent of Americans couldn't even cover a $500 um, expense. And I think if anything that we've learned from this pandemic is that having a savings account or an emergency fund or a sinking fund or all of the above is so important, you know, because, we never know what can happen tomorrow. Like even, you know, what's going on with Texas that it was completely unexpected and so many people were were without power and without water. And it's just, these are really trying times. So I think that is such an amazing point that you made that you definitely don't want to, Overinvest if you don't have enough of a little stash saved up. So that leads me to my next question. What are your thoughts on investing in the world today with everything that is going on?
1: Um, you know, I think there's always an opportunity. If you have the money um, and you want to invest for the long term, I think there's always a great opportunity in the market. I think thinking about sectors today, obviously, if you follow the market, the tech sector has been pulling back. And the cyclicals, um, you know, all the, the back to normal life um stocks have been have been getting an uptick. I call it the beach stocks. Uh, you know, bookings, entertainment, uh, airplanes, casinos, cruises, and hotels, those have been picking up. I think over the next you know year or two, those are gonna you know perform really well. Um the tech stocks, I think will probably have a pullback over the next six to twelve months as people leave their houses and decide to put away their devices and um, you know, maybe start going back to the office a little bit, and don't have to rely on on some of the at home devices. Uh, so there might be a little bit of a pullback, but the long term trend on the tech sector is obviously, um, you know, something that I think is really strong. So, you know, if not to try to it's not time it's not timing the market it's time in the market um however just understanding you know what's going on in the world over the next 6 to 12 months could impact the decisions you make in terms of you know if there's some industries you want to focus a little bit more of your investing on or just kind of stick with the you know the standard etfs that are a basket of stocks and you could kind of get a little you know diversification across this all the sectors simultaneously that's always you know a positive way um, to, to invest in, in the kind of us economy overall.
0: Definitely, I think ETFs are something that's a little bit also more uh, beginner friendly, right? Can invest whatever you can, and then just allow the stock market to basically just do its thing.
1: Correct. Yeah, I mean, you know, you could do index funds. Um, You know, the the two most popular ones are SPY and DIA that follow the uh, performance of the S and P five hundred and the Dow Jones Industrial Average. So those are broad market index ETFs that. invest in the dia you get um, exposure to all 30 of the dow jones stocks you know as little you have to use the fractional shares that we covered on our insta vesting account on instagram we did a a little overview on that last week you could put as little as five bucks into it and now you have access uh, or exposure to the the broader market Um, and then from etfs perspective there's all sector etfs right so if you specifically have an interest in certain sectors whether it's You know, airlines technology um, energy uh, electrical vehicles uh, gaming casinos video games, whatever sector exists there's usually you know a few different ETFs that essentially. um, combines a basket of stocks that are exposed to that industry and kind of like you said you don't have to be a stock picker you just say I want to invest in this end market or this industry i'm going to buy the ETF. Um, And then through virtue of buying that ETF, which is kind of a publicly traded stock itself, you then get exposure to all the stocks in that industry.
0: I love it. You're dropping nothing but gems right now. Guys, if you guys are not following Doug, you are missing out. I mean, you guys are listening to him talk right now. He is dropping nothing but facts. I highly suggest uh, going to go check him out and make sure you guys follow him, show him some love over on his page. And I have one other question. It is a little bit of a touchy subject for some people. Some people are all about it. Some people can't stand it. What are your thoughts on cryptocurrencies?
1: <clears throat> good, good question. Um, so I just did a post on Insta, I-N-S-T-A dot Vesting, I N S T A . V E S T I N G, just to spell it out um, for people. Two two days ago, or it might have been yesterday, because I had a lot. I submitted a request to my followers to see what topics they wanted me to cover, and and that came up uh, a lot. Um, so when I think about investing in companies, I think about um, you know the equity value over time and. Uh, If they're going to continue to grow, um, the company will become more valuable and, you know, how is something more valuable impact, you know, stockholder, well, the the price of the shares go up, which, you know, kind of leads to the overall equity value of the business, you know, Amazon is so expensive because it's a great company and if someone wants to buy that, um, you know, it's going to be worth, you know, whatever it is today, a couple trillion dollars or, or whatnot. The thing about cryptocurrency is there's no it's not a company. It doesn't generate any cash flow or service. It's it's essentially supply and demand. That's all it is. Now, my concern about it, uh, once again, to go back to my post because it was like it was the first slide, is that there's 8,500 cryptocurrencies across the world right now. Obviously, the two biggest ones, Bitcoin and Ethereum, are the most talked about. Bitcoin specifically. I personally, it's it's a little conflicting because you have big companies coming in talking about it and, and how they want, you know, I think there's a future for it. And there might be a future, especially when it comes to international transactions. Um, it's definitely helpful from that perspective in terms of making it easier and providing anonymity and kind of um, decentralization from the governments. However, it always comes back to the governments, right? Like governments want their hands in everything. I find it hard to believe that like, if this gets so much attention and and traction that the government wouldn't come out and say, oh, um, we're gonna create, you know, Fed coins and people in the US are gonna have a tax advantage by using Fed coins and we're not gonna regulate it because the whole, you know, benefit of cryptocurrency is that it's deregulation, the governments don't control it, but we're gonna tax it and we're gonna manage it, we're gonna monitor it. there's been no talk of that that that's just me kind of providing an opinion i just i think it'll be a challenge for it to get down to the day-to-day transactions and on top of it too for bitcoin specifically uh the way the source code was created there's a maximum of only 21 million bitcoins that could ever be used in the world and you have billions of individuals in the world right so just intuitively as a human being you're like i'm i'm gonna go and buy a coke from a store Am I going to, you know, use one 100,000th of a Bitcoin to do that? Um, you know, maybe the apps will be set up or mathematically you don't have to do that calculation, it kind of breaks it down on a per dollar basis. It's just, it seems like with the oversupply of cryptocurrencies on the market, the fact that governments <laughs> like their hands in everything, and this is a way for them to not have that, which I don't think they'll be happy with. Uh, as you saw, Fed um, Yellen yesterday was saying that she's a little concerned about cryptocurrency, they're already kind of, you know, putting the flags in the ground that they're not huge supporters of it. Um, although they do recognize that it's gaining some traction. At the end of the day, uh, it'll be here. Uh, I'm not a huge uh, proponent of it. I, I like it as a service. I'm not a, I don't like it as an investor because I like something tangible, I like a service, a product, I like revenue, I like cash flow generation from companies and you you can't really get that from cryptocurrency. So, um, you know, not for me personally. Um, We also did a poll um, for all my followers on InstaVesting and I think it was about 80% of the individuals that follow me do not hold cryptocurrency, which I was actually surprised. I thought it was gonna be closer to 50-50, but I just thought that that was an interesting tidbit just to lay out there that it was more 80% that did not um have cryptocurrency in their portfolio
0: you know i think you bring a really good point especially when you said fed coins um I mean, it already sounds like it should be a thing. I feel like you're so on the money with that. I have um, a couple of platforms where I sell online and I remember there was a time that I wanted to start selling on Amazon and it's like, you have to jump through a lot of hoops to be able to become a seller on Amazon. And I remember looking up videos of people that were already selling on the platform and Amazon basically did that. If there was um, a small business that was doing really well and whatever it was that they were selling, what they would do is they would just make it part of the amazon basics and then you know they would put their listings at the top so i mean i think what you're saying completely makes sense you know of course the feds are gonna want you know part of everything and if crypto is becoming something that it does continue to become more and more popular why wouldn't they do that right
1: yeah and i think one other thing too right now the irs categorizes um Cryptocurrencies as property. So if the value of it goes up and you sell it, you have to pay capital gains taxes on it. And like, think about that. Like, you have the American dollars in your bank account or, you know, cash in your hand. If the value of it goes up, I now owe taxes on that when I go use it at a store. So um, great for the government, right? They're making a ton of money this year, probably on tax returns because the value of Bitcoin has gone up so much. But you can't have that on a currency um, long term. And do you think the IRS would waive that property uh, designation and give up millions and millions of tax dollars at some point? I just don't see it, but we'll, we'll see, I guess.
0: It makes no sense. You know, uh, Uncle Sam and all the big, all the big guys, they, they need their cut. So, yeah, I Unfortunately, think. Unfortunately,
1: they do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Um- Thank you so much for coming on. I think that um, anyone that listens to this um, episode is going to find it really, really beneficial. Is there anything that you want to close off with before we go?
1: No, no. I think as we talked before the show here, you're doing an amazing thing. I love your show. I love following it. I'll definitely, uh, when this comes out, pin it and uh, let my followers uh, listen to this and hopefully all the other listeners on here, check out InstaVesting, you know, as I mentioned, you know, tips and education, we're just trying to, you know, give people a way to think about uh, investing, uh, you know, both from a logistical standpoint, you know, how do you approach it? How do you, you know, execute on, on a strategy and then more just, you know, current news uh, what's going on with certain industries, certain stocks, you know, what does it mean uh, what I'm seeing on the news today? So we'd we'll love for everyone to check it out and, um, you know, thank you for your time. This has been great.
0: Thank you so much. And um, just, this is out of the blue. I didn't ask beforehand, but are you offering like any kind of coaching or anything like that for anyone that follows you, or if they have questions?
1: Yeah, I'm always open for questions. Uh, I get messages all you know every day, all the time, and and one of my key things is trying to be uh, responsive to individuals. Um, you know, that's my goal is to try to educate and help where I can. Um, you know at the time at this time we're just trying to grow content and followers um just trying to get the word out there you know at some point in the near future we might be you know launching some ancillary services where we kind of provide a little bit more deep dive into certain aspects of the stock market or coaching or whatnot but uh, you know not today so we'll, we'll stay tuned we'll be launching that on our website when that comes out shortly and um you know as, as i mentioned always available to answer any questions from anybody when they have them
0: okay i love it thank you so much for coming on and that is going to wrap up it up guys thank you so much for listening if you're interested in sponsoring a future episode head over to our instagram at humble hustlers podcast and send us a dm also be sure to share this podcast with your friends your family or just anybody that you think might benefit from this episode lastly don't forget to rate our podcast guys it only takes two seconds and it helps us out tremendously until next time hustlers, stay humble and keep hustling